Welcome into the National Hour on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. And always this hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. 12 games on tap tonight. Right now, let's welcome in Jason Bukala, the Pro Hockey Group. And Cap, did I tell you I call it unfriendly? <laughs> Get, I, can, like, I, I can see that. Yeah, if you're with Cap that. Friendly, can you just nudge the thing up about five or seven million now, please? Just do it on the computer <laughs> because some of those GMs are so dumb, they'll actually believe you when they see it. We should, we should put a proposal into call line of credit. Just an idea. extra ten schmill in there. Or yeah, like that. this is a good this, idea. This country's in debt as it is. Man. <laughs> don't uh, don't borrow anymore. How yeah. are you? I'm great. Yeah, thanks. Sets great, guys. You guys look fantastic. You got a jersey for us? Where's the? the I was gonna on? bring in a you know a couple of my uh, Panther jerseys. Yeah, like draft jerseys. A uh, Barky, a little Eck, uh, a little Sioux Greyhound jersey from back in the day. I don't think we can run a Panthers jersey in here, and the Sioux not today. Anyway, Kyle, I think not so. Today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry so, no, that. I didn't want to totally invade my space. Your space, <laughs> I mean, your space. So, now that Connor Bedard's off and running, now uh, you, you're already searching for the next Connor Bedard, and is he is he anywhere to be found by next June? Well, the top-rated guy, Macklin Celebrini, down at Boston University, he's a heck of a player, guys. I mean, yeah. the, the youth coming through the system right now. So, let's just talk about the cap for a second. Let's, let's think three years out, five years out, when there's going to be more money on the table. This quality of players that are coming through because we've kind of lived through that bridge deal uh, era and now these guys seem to be getting paid sooner than later it's going to be interesting to see um, how it all pans out in the next few years but you know the Bedard guy he's, he's obviously a fantastic player yeah. Macklin Celebrini though at BU um, outstanding sorry about that. no I just got told in the ear get the mic closer yeah, I didn't okay, have yeah. my earphone yeah, he also does our sound check yeah, does he really? yeah I'm multifaceted like sorry it. carry on sorry to interrupt Macklin Celebrini is at BU um, honestly he was Team Canada's best player at the World Championships the U18s last year in Switzerland mm-hmm. he would have been a you know top 15 pick at last year's draft so rated first overall in this draft Sammy came out with it yesterday on sportsnet.ca I ran a little piece on him today um, but he's an electric player close to it uh, Kipper different you know, like yeah. um, he's uh, he's more sturdy, so he's like six foot one ninety. So he's got some fantilly in him, like off the rush pace wise, and a little bit more beef to him. You know, in the hard areas, um, nobody has a Bedard release, but uh, this kid back door in the power play rips pucks. I yeah. mean, Ov like rips pucks. Like it's it's something to watch. All right, well that's uh, nice to know that's out there for people. So when he gets drafted. Is he going to be in an arena walking to the draft floor? Like oh. Elliot's in here yesterday talking about changing the way the draft is done. Uh, as someone who's involved in that side of it, how do you feel about a potential draft from home NFL style? Well, I'm not for it at all. I mean, you know, you guys, we've all been around the game forever, right? And part of the cachet of what we do at the draft time, especially, is we're different than the other big sports. Yeah. Like we, we have the kids in the venue. We have the families there. And, you know, I, I personally live for those moments. I think that it's something that separates us from everybody else. It's really cool for the kids. Um, from a hockey operations perspective, I can also tell you that we got a lot of work done. You know, like you're meeting guys. I don't know how you guys feel, but I like to look somebody in the eye sometimes when yeah. I'm talking to them about whatever I'm talking to them about. And uh, from a hockey See, that, ops perspective, you know, it's important. That is the business side and even the human side because you've got uh, family and friends involved for sure. But these guys upstairs, or you know, I'm talking about the league office. They don't care. They they 
They're I looking hope they for do. more sizzle. Yep. Sammy wants it at the Sphere in Vegas. He wants that, uh, yeah. which is pretty decent. Sammy, you're going to pay the million dollars a day fee? He said yes. Well, I heard it took you two like a month just to get those screens such situated. Can you imagine player <laughs> by player having to go up in the sphere? It'd be an awesome experience, but imagine it'd be a heavy lift. But I hope we don't lose it, guys. I hope that we keep it. I hope we keep that experience yeah. like that. It's ours. It's unique. Yeah. Jason, let me ask you in terms of uh, the, the Canadian uh, talent talent group uh, within each organization. There's seven teams, obviously, in, in, in Canada here. Who's best equipped moving forward here to uh, if, if you're going to make a trade, you know, uh, and have that, that nugget, everybody seems to be uh, I, Calgary's in a different situation, but Edmonton's looking for a D Vancouver's looking for D the Leafs are looking for a D who's got the, who's got the prospects right now to move. And uh, I know we talked the other day about Nick Robertson and his yeah. uh, push already and, and maybe lighten it up a little bit in the American hockey league, but what's out there. Well, it's interesting that we're already going down that D-man road, aren't we? Because it seems yeah. like as soon as the puck drops, somebody goes down or you're not getting enough out of somebody in your in your lineup, and it, immediately it starts to, to raise its uh, its eyebrow. Uh, Montreal is the best equipped, guys. I mean, they've hmm. got they've got incredible depth. Even on the back end, they've got incredible depth coming through. You know, uh, Mayu's coming through. Uh, Ryan Bacher went back home, uh, suffered a, a knee injury last week. Hopefully he's okay playing there in Cloton. Um you know they got Harris up. Uh, I mean they're 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 locked and loaded on the back end for a long time. Gooley, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? Is I'm I, I love this kid. I think he's got top pairing D written all over him. Um, similar to Timmins here in Toronto, who's had some bad luck with injury. Gooley seems to be getting nicked up a little bit early in his career. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, we went through that with Ekblad in in Florida too, where he got nicked up a lot early, and then he's kind of planed out and 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 was healthy up until now. Right. Again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I hear you, Kipper. Like people are going to be shopping in those waters. Um, timing isn't right right now. I mean, you you can put, there's nothing out there. there. The wish list is there. You got cap issues. You just started. You don't know where you are on LT. Like there's so many moving parts right now. Like look in Calgary, Vladar, like Dustin Wilson, Vladar. Like, you know, I think there's a spot in the league for Vladar if the, and he's only on a $2 million deal make it fit somewhere he can play games right mm-hmm. dustin wolf what else can this kid do in the american league right you know so he was doing best goalie in the league two years in a row best or something? goalie in the league before that best goalie in the whl you know yeah. mvp of the american league yeah and mvp I'm, not just the best goalie. not just the best goalie. yeah so. so you know we've been talking about dean not able to trade for one no prospects to move any of these guys that the leafs have can benoit play in the league is kokanen possible like who's the next guy to take shifts for them if the if these six aren't good uh, I was hoping for more out of Nimala, uh coming yeah. out of uh, Traverse City, and then uh, and then through training camp. Coconut had a great camp. He 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 surpassed my expectation for sure, um, especially for a guy that kind of spent some time in the East Coast League last year, right? So he he's not NHL ready though. You know, I, I'm I wish I could just sit here and tell you, yeah, there's a guy. And this yeah. is going to be like a guy that can come in. He's going to play 15 or 16 minutes. Uh, you know, match up even strength against uh, the three S at home, but you know, might not be able to handle a hard matchup on the road. I don't see a guy like I don't not right now. I, you got to run it out, and I'm concerned a little bit because, um, you know, Giordano. Uh, you talk about load management and stuff like yeah. that. I think that we're looking at a load management candidate if that exists yeah. in the NHL with with a Mark Giordano. All right, we're talking to Jason Bukala from Sportsnet.ca, who does a terrific job with. Uh, 
anything that has to do with uh, top prospects and uh, a good one, what we thought was in Edmonton the last few years in Philip Broberg. And at times, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he in higher regards of even uh, uh, Bouchard? And is there a fit? Is there a, a feeling that uh, Edmonton may move this guy? And, and what's missing here from him being a regular NHLer? Well, first of all, I know that upper management loves the kids still. So, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I don't know where they're at in terms of that. Um, you know, when I worked with Dale Town in Florida, he always told me that it takes about 250 games as a pro for a defenseman. Really, I don't care what level you're at. Like, you know, bleed out uh, a season or two in the American League and then, you know, work your way in. It's going to take time. With Broberg Kipper, um, he's undefined for me right now, and that's a problem for me. So big body, skates very well. Uh, when he came over from Sweden, I thought he was going to be a two-way transitional type guy. Maybe man your second unit power play, mm-hmm. um, lean distributor more than shooter. But at the same time, you know, I just thought he could provide some secondary offense. He's had uh, a slow start, you know, but you know he's still young enough that he can figure it out. I think there's a market for him. I will say that right now. I think somebody else would grab hold of that and, and nurture that a little bit differently. So. Um, time will tell, but uh, he hasn't hit it. Uh, he hasn't hit his mark quite yet. Okay, so we've been talking about all the uh, the large debates here. One of them, Connor Bedard, obviously super exciting. Uh, the three of us went to a game. We watched Connor play here in Toronto. Uh, everyone has handed him the Calder Trophy. Um, I think the odds of him winning it, I forget exactly what they were, but just exceedingly high. Is there a threat that you see? Is there a guy that could could catch him? Absolutely. My boy, Logan Cooley. (laughs) I love Logan Cooley. Cooley for Calder. Calder. I mean, people are going to get a chuckle out of that. But listen, Logan Cooley, who I had first on my draft list two years in Montreal, uh, two years ago in Montreal, um, you know, he's hit the ground running in Arizona there. The difference, though, guys, is that Arizona, around him in Arizona right now, I feel like the support, like the crew around him in Arizona is better equipped to help him out than what Chicago is good. Eh? The, the, he's a, Oh puck yeah. Mateus re- Pichelli, yeah. yeah. Jeez, he's, I was, I'm not going to say I was wrong on him, but I'll say that I underestimated him a right. great deal. He's, he's, he's a good player. They got a lot of really good young things going on there in Arizona. That's going to be interesting. Isn't it? As that planes out, there's only 50 contracts. Yeah. There's only so much room for everybody. You're going to have to move some guys out, but Cooley, uh, he's he's like Bedard. He's playing 20 minutes a night. The difference is that uh, he's playing in all situations. So secondary uh, penalty kill, um, setting up guys all over the place on the power play. He's a, he's a great player. All right, if we're going to talk uh, young D here, we got to talk about the Ottawa Senators because we watched last night, and I don't know if you had a good look at that blue line again, but uh, a, a guy like Jake Sanderson, why is it he's able to come in and look like he can dominate a game this early? Well, you remember his dad and how great he skated. My roommate. Yeah. Okay. So Hartford. Hartford. Like he was a burner, eh? Back in the day. And imagine him today, Kipper, if there was no red line. Yeah. You know, like the game for him would have been. Or boards. He'd be right in Lake Ontario. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Rico Fada, same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just sit here and name Nobody in Sault Ste. Maria Rico to come down on me. I'm just, <laughs> I was just making an observation. Uh, but um, this kid, so I, I broke down some tape today uh, of the Washington game. And when people go out to defend him, let's say you're getting a rub as a, as a winger going out to jump on him on uh, a loss or a one face off. Like uh-huh. Ottawa wins a draw, you're Ovi going out to defend him or whatever. Um, 
He's so slippery and he's so quick to space. This kid has got great feet, awesome spatial awareness. I mean, this is a this is a top pairing D for, gosh, forever. Look at that. So Chikrin, Shabbat, Shabbat also top pairing guy. Yeah, they yeah. got three three number. They one. have three number one Ds. That's nice. What's that like? That sounds yeah. fun. That's, that, that's, Toronto that's the, the reality of it. Years. That's the reality of it. And Sanderson's going to be one of those guys that. I think can be like a 26 minute guy, you know, like when they're good and yeah. Ottawa's in the playoffs and you look down at the stat sheet, the I'm next thing you're skipping like skipping around, you're like that kid played 27 and a half minutes last night. You know what I mean? He's going to be one of those guys. So for those type of guys, what did you make of the Darlene and power contract? Sorry to throw you a curveball um, there, but like those guys, I know they're not prospects necessarily, but super young, big money, big commitments from their teams. Yeah. I think it makes sense for Buffalo. I'm a little bit torn because I do think that young guys, there's a little bit too much too soon, and I'd like to see them. uh, I'm not suggesting that they're not motivated. They're all motivated, but Buffalo hasn't done anything yet, right? We're still waiting for it to happen. I'd like to see guys get paid when the team goes to another level. But having said that, with the cap going where it's going and whatever's going on in Buffalo with uh, their cap situation moving forward budget-wise, what a great fit. I mean, you know, it's going to age well. I I talked to somebody that's, Let's watch Buffalo very closely. And Owen Power, we know, is a, a great talent, but he hasn't gotten off to a, a great start by any means. But where is his window here? Is this the next headman in Tampa Bay? Well, I, I think that that's a fair comparable. I really do think that's fair. Um, I'm also thinking um, – Help me out here for a sec, guys. Uh, got traded from Anaheim to Boston last year. Uh, Lindbergh. Lin- or Lin- Lindholm. Lindholm, okay. Like, I'm thinking something along those lines there. So, um, it's all there. The thing with a guy like that is when he's not scoring or producing offense, per se, all the rest of it is in place, right? Rangy, heavy, smart, you know. So, he can kill plays and, and match up against top three forwards uh, on an opponent uh, on the road mm-hmm. obviously we all know how hard that is to do so i like that about him he doesn't have to just score to to be productive for the group yeah we've been uh, kind of going around canada so we do our national hour and skipping around teams and thinking of some of the best young players here we talked about coronado uh in calgary as a guy who could be a legitimate difference maker um you know how much is he able to move the needle for a team that could use help offensively well, first thing I noticed in Calgary um, is that they look like they're playing with more enthusiasm. And yeah. I, I think that that tone was set in training camp. And guys like Coronado were part of that process, like the young guys getting a chance and the older guys have kind of uh, um, gravitated to their enthusiasm. So um, I think uh, I went, I was talking to some people in Calgary yesterday and I think that he's a 15 goal guy this year. And okay. I actually think he can get to 20. I really do believe it. The thing with him, though, guys, is he needs to be in motion to be effective. So, like, when he stops and starts, um, his first three out of the blocks are, especially at his stature, aren't as fast as some other people. So he's got to be fully engaged in motion in all three zones. But when he catches a puck in the offensive zone, yeah. he, he like, he doesn't he need it. a lot of shots on goal to score. Yeah. Just in terms of your, your scouting background, I mean, it's kind of – like you're handing your kid off. If you've watched somebody over the years and you give them to, you know, the, the parent club here, you are watching someone that's near and dear to you. Do, do the, the emotions kind of let go after that first year and they're off and running? Or is there still that development of the first and second year? Because there is the, the, 
seems like there sometimes is a sophomore jinx more, I think, maybe in hockey than other places. And I'll give you an example this season. Uh, Matty Beneers, rookie of the year and a great talent. But now I don't know if Seattle's off to the best start. And he doesn't appear to be as engaged as he was his rookie year. Just part of the development, you I really guess, after, big ticket, eh? uh, after the first year. Really? Get yeah, I will get to that later. Okay. But just, just in terms of that, that, that development, even past your rookie year, how important is it that uh, you know you don't give these kids too much too soon, or yeah. or they find a way to second guess themselves in their second year, or it hurts their development moving forward? So I would suggest to you that uh, Seattle obviously um, set a standard last year. They achieved the standard. They exceeded the standard. I would say you know like they had a great year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he's insulated to a degree by the team's success and the structure, and everybody's towing the rope in the same direction. When you get off to a pedestrian start as a team, um, you know, everything in the room just feels a little off. You guys know that. Like, you're in the room. Everything's just a little off. You know, it's not tape to tape or it's a key turnover. I don't get to see whatever the case may be. And I think that, to your point, in terms of insulating, when you're in the second year and things are kind of not as structured or not as compact as they were last year, now you're exposed a bit. And you have to figure it out. And that takes time, Kipper. So he's not yeah. ready when it really gets into those when chaos ensues, he's not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you surprised the about face that the Chicago Blackhawks had with Bedard and he was really on a tear off the ice in terms of pushing the narrative of this young great player for the league, for the Blackhawks, comes to Toronto, they just shut him right down. Yeah. I, you know what? So... I see it from both perspectives. The first one being that, you know, one is too much, too much for a young person, but this is the next wave, right? Like I don't recall when Connor McDavid came into the league that this discussion happened that, you know, like I don't remember when I'd have to look back, but right. when he came to Toronto, I'm pretty sure he probably did media, for example. I'm okay. imagining. Yeah. Okay. So um, the thing of it is this, when you bring a, a potential superstar into the league and the league sets the schedule the way they set it, mm-hmm. there should be an expectation that, he's going to be meeting and greeting with everybody on that road trip and before he gets home. That's my take on it. Like, for the good of the game, let's get in front of it. I know that it's not ideal, but that's part of the process, and it is what it is. So for me personally, I think they should have – they skated Sunday, right? Yeah. You know, so that's fine. But somewhere in there, they could have made time to get in front of the media a bit. I think it's important. So, you know, we were asking you about all these players and uh, I'm skipping around cap friendly, kind of looking at different numbers as we're talking. Uh, the pro hockey group, your company is doing some work with cap friendly this year. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. We, uh, we partnered. It, it was a long process, uh, but last year uh, towards the end of the season and then through the draft in, in Nashville, we, we were able to put this something together. So what happens now at cap friendly when you go and you're, you want to know what's going on. Topi Nimala gets recalled from yeah. the Leafs, and you're looking at their cap and how it all fits. But how has he been playing? How has he been performing? Well, the scouting reports are in the database now. So when a player, when you see transactions happen, you can click on a player and see what the player's been up to and what he's all about, not just a dollar figure. That's just, awesome. just one thing on the salary cap. I'd like to get your perspective on it because you obviously follow it very closely here. But... There's just there's this perception out there that the cap's going to go up three, four, five million dollars in a couple of years, and then all the fans go, "Oh, now we can get better." But isn't it really going to just one or two guys in particular, and everything underneath them 
those headaches will still be there. It feels that way. Yeah, it does. It feels like, depending who you are, like we talked about Buffalo, mm-hmm. right? So the power contract, that can age well. So it's not like all in his, you know, piggy bank, if you will. But there are some other teams. I'm, I'm with you. Like the way that it's been going, well, right here in Toronto. I mean, we see it, right? We, we're, we're living it. And, you know, so now you got those interchangeable things pieces at the bottom uh, on the, the Noah Gregors of the world who are coming in, you know, uh, on a baseline type of salary. It's, it's going to be interesting to me because I think that the hits and misses mm-hmm. in the middle of your lineup, I'm talking about like the $3 million guys. If you don't hit on those guys in relation to the big picture, they're almost going to drag the whole organization down more than, potentially the money being spent on your start. Like, let's just say it went to Domi, Camp, and Yarn Croc, hypothetically, and, <laughs> and it didn't go great for those guys, it would be a problem. What? Like, Max is off to a tough start. We, you know, but they, they can figure it out, I know. But they it can, is yeah. Slow for those you guys, know, I'm they, joking around. But. They're, they're going to be fine. I mean, it's, it's, I, I mean, I hope they're going to be fine. The way that I look at it, just for clarity, is that we're three games in. Like, three games is like a spike one way or the other. People get excited or not. and yeah. Or we, we, you know, we're jumping off of bridges. But... 10 games is is when I start to look at it. I profile something out in 10 games. Now I can pinpoint some um, some more truths to what's going on with the player. So still give it time. But I agree with you, Kipper. I mean, like, what's McDavid's contract going to look like next time around, right? You know? It's yeah. Dry sidle. Outside of sure things in the top five in the draft, a couple of second rounders still hanging around in Toronto and Boston. Uh, Fraser Minton and... Uh, Poitras. Poitras. Yeah. Who... Many ways, people think maybe have a uh, as a more physical presence in terms of uh, maybe more dynamic edges and uh, able to keep up maybe with Brad Marchand a little bit more. But what do you make out of their stints so far? Minton's just not going away for me. Like he's been really good. So like what you get out of Minton um, and Travers, you know, he scored right. Then he played five exhibition games with the big club, I believe, yeah. and uh, you know his his point production fell off a little bit. A lot of subtle developments going on with Minton's game. If you watch him really closely, especially on his strong side, uh, probably his weak side and the defense was only he's taking face-offs yep. on his forehand, he was getting blown up in the circle. It's hard for young guys anyways, right? But watch him. Watch him closely. They've made adjustments in their zone. He's actually winning draws to the middle. He chipped one to Riley the other night in the middle of the ice off a defensive zone draw mm-hmm. backhand on his, uh, on his weak side. So he's making some adjustments. He's above it defensively. He's got some bump to his game. Let's see if the offense comes. And if it doesn't, and he goes right. back to junior after is, 10. Is, he's on the clock, though. He's for on the clock. He needs two weeks, pers- another two weeks, and then you make the decision. Would you keep him? Um, if he hasn't got on the score sheet yet, um, I would lean towards not keeping him. But I will say this. One goal? Does he need two? What's he need to pass the Bukala test? No, I would say he's got to be on the plus side of the ledger defensively, chip in on the secondary penalty kill. Uh, 50% of his draws, and if he has three points after 10 games, I'm entertaining keeping him. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. It's a pretty good answer. Other, other people, <laughs> you an exact answer, yeah, actually. It's pretty good. <laughs> other people ahead of him in the lineup yeah. who are making significantly more money and are veterans in this league, they're doing nothing right yeah. now. So careful what you ask for. Uh, you, you wonder if he could play on the fourth line, like Camp get some more responsibility in the third line, have him play fourth line minutes and whatever, or if it's better to be in junior and handling the puck and rounding out that part of his game. Well, listen, don't misunderstand. Like, uh, Fraser Minton's a two-and-a-half. Kip, I think you and I talked about this recently. He's a two-and-a-half. He's not a top six. He's not a bottom six. He's a two-and-a-half. Yeah. He's always going to be a mid-range scorer, a secondary guy for you. So, 
Um, again, the rest of the details, uh, people say you can't teach offense. I believe that, okay? Mm-hmm. But you also sometimes can't teach commitment and hockey sense uh, on the defensive side of the ledger. And he's got that in spades. So, yeah. And the Leafs need it in spades. We've had this argument. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm glad I came to the dance late here. Yeah, yeah. Just we, we ran out of time. Lucky yeah. you. <laughs> wow, that's a fast 25 minutes with you, bud. Really appreciate you. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, great to see you. Thanks. Great, great stuff out of you, Jason. And uh, welcome back here anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll welcome in Sammy because it's game time after the break on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. All right, let's welcome back in Sammy McKee, who was uh, a terrific studio audience when we had Jason Bukala in studio. I like the in-studio guests because I literally just, I get to put my feet up and watch. So we have two uh, just chairs off the set here. And the only thing missing is an applause or laugh sign (laughs) for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's a couple. Speaking of applause, here we go now. It's game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Play responsibly. Now, I was given an assignment by both of you guys in the first hour. Yeah. Borna, you were interested in a Matthew Nye's goal tonight. Mm hmm. And why, and why would that be? Oh, okay, so he's played up at the lineup. First time all year. He's getting a chance with some scorers. And he scored his first playoff goal. Was that against. Florida. It was against Florida. Was that, it was like, a doozy crazy too. behind or through the legs goal. Yep. I think that was in game two, maybe. Can't remember. Anyways, so he is plus four twenty-five to score Ooh. a goal tonight. Yeah, I like so that four, number. Yeah, four and a quarter to one. I think I think he can have some fun with, uh, especially with the way Willie Nylander is going right now. Oh yeah, Willie will take it to the house, and Nyes can just stand around that blue paint. He'll smack one in. He's uh, even from what I've been able to watch from the second round of the playoffs to where he is. And I was in Yorkville, what, uh, three days ago maybe, and uh, I'm just leaving Harry Rosen's. and he's, <laughs> Harry he's, Rosen in Yorkville, by the way. We shop uh, at different places. He's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's, nice brag. <laughs> I was leaving winners at the stockyards. <laughs> and, uh, and he was walking in, and he's a big man. A lot of person. Who, nice? Oh, oh yeah. He's a big man. Yeah. Like, I'm like, looks good in a suit. I'm not that what guy. I used to be for sure, but <laughs> I'm not exactly a slouch. And yeah. this guy just looked like he could take one bite and like eat me. Yeah. No, he's going to, uh, he's going to fill out into a large individual in the NHL. Curious to see if he ever has some sort of edge to his game as he gets older or not, or and, uh, doesn't have to. And Austin Matthews assist, uh, Pays minus one twenty five tonight, so hmm. the favorite. So a parlay of those two things would be plus. He can't go four games without an assist. So if you think both I those things like are happening tonight, yeah. so there you go. Uh, that's, I like that. One. Um, uh, going back to the well tonight with the Oilers studs playing another crappy team in Philly. Uh, on on Sportsnet one tonight, give me a first period goal for McDavid or Leon, whoever you want, plus three seventy five for both of those guys. And the last one I have for you is the Selkie Award, because we were talking about the Selkie. Oh, yeah. Who do you think the favorite for the Selkie is? Uh, Patrice Bergeron. Oh, uh, he's not playing. <laughs> He'll still win it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is his uh, award emeritus? He'll is win it? it it's just so automatic. Karkov? No, it's not. 
Couturier, nope. uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Did it you is. see Nico Heischer is the favorite oh, at five yeah, to one? Did, did, did you see uh, Couturier's penalty shot? Loved it. Love that move. Like that's a ballsy move going yeah. backwards skating but to it, your forehand. The goalie. I'm not allowed to complain about penalty shots no. anymore. The oh, internet told me. Pissed at us. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, How I, many penalty shots have we seen? Like I, I've I seen think, ha- uh, half a dozen for sure. There seems to be like a mandate to call them more, but which is good. Instinctually, when you turn your back like that, the goalie thinks that you're probably going to go backhand. So if you cut it back to the forehand, quick, it's a good move. Um, I, I got to tell Darryl you, Belfry like, over here, love it. Oh no, I like it. If if anybody would have tried that in my era, mm. wouldn't have gone well. You wouldn't have been able to make it back to your own bench without getting a stick <laughs> oh, across yeah. the throat. It, <laughs> like, like, even if. Uh, Couturier didn't score, yeah. he'd be taking heat on that move. Absolutely. I think, I think. But finishing it, no questions asked. There was someone on a penalty shot who did the, I know Phil Bork did it, the toe down, whatever. You know who it was? Ottawa. Casper's Dogovins did it. Wow. Toe down, spin oh, around. That. Phil Bork, who does uh, uh, Penguins color commentary for the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think he tried it somewhere. He did, for sure. He definitely did on a penalty shot. And I think did not score. I don't think it's ever worked, but like it's a stupid thing to do. But if why just take the shot out of the question? No, no, I'm but definitely like, why don't you just put it on the the part of the stick where you can shoot the puck? <laughs> uh, and your boy Matthews is twenty to one for the Selkie. Kippy, would you? I put would it down? love Mitch, Mitch to, Marner's ten to one. He's the second I, I, favorite. I would love. I would love him to win it. I, I think it would give a complete different feel and look to the whole team if he won it. Oh, we know. All right. Uh, that was Game Time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. All right, Nick Kiprios so, wrote an article with some interesting tidbits well, yeah. on the bottom um, that I want to interview well, him about. Just, oh. uh, we, we had talked to, with Jason at great length with uh, rookies and, and sophomores and uh, Maddie Bedeers coming off of uh, a great rookie season, rookie of the year, and... I think probably in light of maybe a few signings in Buffalo, but there's a sense that he would love a long-term deal, which he's eligible to sign July 1st in the vicinity of 65, 70 million bucks. Which I saw this and I was, I think you used, he wants more than the Jack Hughes contract. I heard north of, of Jack Hughes and Tim Stutzel. Let, let me ask you something. Is Matty Beneers out of his mind? <laughs> out of his ever-loving mind? Listen, but every guy is getting the Listen, money. All he, these guys who are on... Sammy, what was his numbers last year? Really good. Like 65 points or something? Okay. 60. I'm looking right now. He was the best rookie last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just but it's saying. not the same as Jack Hughes being a number one overall pick who is, you know, put up these no, gigantic no, 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 no. numbers. 57, no, no. 57 points. 57 points. In 80 games. And 24 goals. Everybody told New Jersey that they were out of their minds for giving Jack Hughes 64 million bucks. No, they were. They were like. No, I think it was. You're, 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 no, no. You're you're as nuts. soon as that one signed, I, I liked that contract from the second it was signed. Do you know why? Because I'm smart. Yeah. <laughs> The other reason why everybody said that they're nuts is he was coming off 31 points. Yeah. It wasn't like he scored Beneers 55, 60 points. He was coming off 31. And there was a sense that in the first year, he was kind of light. He was getting bounced off. 
pucks and he wasn't ready to be a star. Mm-hmm. And then the switch hits, 100 points. Now everybody's sitting there going, oh, that's the next, uh, that's the next uh, Nate McKinnon contract where we're looking at him going, Nate, why did you sign that, man? You should yeah, be making man. double. Man, just looking at Jack Hughes' production after he signed that contract, he signed it after the 31-point yes. year. That he goes 56 points in 49 games the next year and then 99 and 78 the next year. Bing, bang. It's like, whoops. Fire your agent. Can you imagine what, like, what would Jack Hughes be worth right now if he was looking at million Yeah, he's looking at Matthew's money. Double his uh, contract. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so to that point, that's a steal. That's a steal for New Jersey. Older when you know he's twenty years old now, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you know, fifty-seven points on a Seattle team so far through four games. He's got goose eggs, and he's minus five. I mean, four games. I'm not going to pretend that that matters. It just seems like a massive commitment to me. I'm, I'm just less sure of him than I was Owen Power. I could be wrong here. Would you? Yeah, I, you you wouldn't put him in the uh, Trevor Zegris. Uh, let's go. Bridge him. That's what you want. I want. To, I would want to bridge for Veneers. Yeah. Yeah, I think you, uh, I, I I get the sense Seattle feels the same way. Yeah, and so yeah, because an eight year deal for him, if you're talking eight million a year or something, do it again. One more time, but why? You know, that was Book's point, right? But why wouldn't? The agent and the player be they see every young guy who's played thirty games in the NHL who has a little bit of pedigree immediately getting eight years, eight million. Sanderson gets the big D-man. ticket. I know, Howard, I know, D-man. I know, I know. Demon. I guess Cage, you're right. And if you're yeah, Cage, like Cage he's the, a little older. Yeah. I guess you're right, the defensive part of it. But still, like I, I get the ask, and he's a good young player. He's yeah. a really high pick. I would be asking for the exact same contract. If Beniers gets eight years, this is the end of the bridge contract. Yeah, and also, over. we're going to have an NHL littered with, not littered with, but we're going to start to see some bad deals. If everyone's getting eight years to these there's young gonna guys. There's going to be some misses. Some, yeah, there's yeah. going to be some real misses. But how many how many guys are left that can pull the ask of eight times eight? Yeah. Who's left? Connor Bedard. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he might make a couple of bucks along Logan the way. Logan Cooley. It's just, Which again, they're 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 entitled to the money if they all feel like Kevin Adams felt their yeah. their their teams like they're great. We know they're going to be great. Let's hedge right now and take the discount in four or five yeah. or six years yeah. that whatever we think we're overpaying today will be undervalued halfway through. Yeah, that's that's, that's the, the gamble. It yeah. is that's the. Bet. the Baby needs a new pair of shoes. I think he's doing the roll dice. Roll it, baby. Roll that dice. Uh, yeah. Just don't come up with snake eyes. Yeah, well, and you very well can. But I, I get the idea why he'd think he's within his rights to ask for that. But, yeah, seems like a bit of a risky one. Do you boys want to talk about Patrick Line or do you have something else? Yeah, yeah I mean, there's lots. So I, let's I get to it all. We yeah, got lots of Go ahead, Line. What do you got? Fried was in here yesterday. He was. Talking about how worried he was about the about the Blue Jackets and the Babcock thing off the top, which I don't think we ever even talked about, really. It's a mess. And you see what Line A said about his game? No. Pretty awful so far. Line A said, said, uh, per team reporter, Jeff Svoboda, can't hit the net if my life depends on it. Can't make any plays. Can't win a face-off. 
just basically can't do anything right now. He sounds like me after a beer league game. Like, <laughs> sounds like me after a golf round. It's really bad. Like, and this guy, mm. remember the conversations after his rookie year? Like, I re- specifically remember, like, oh, he's in trouble. And not even that. Like, the old Matthews and him, it's the same sort of level well, of look player. Look at three or four years. He was unbelievable. What happened? He, he was on a historic, like, pace. He was unbelievable. In those first couple of years. What did he score? He scored 41 year at least, right? He started his career. His numbers are 36, were, were 44, 36, 44, 30, uh, and then 28. And it's gone down since then. 10, 26, 22, one this year. And he, how old is this guy? This is insane that he's having this guy. He's 25. Yeah. yeah. What is happening? His next goal will be his 200th in his career. I don't know. An I unbelievable mean. score. He has played you know, in on teams that have not been very good. I don't know. I don't know, man. But he is all over himself mentally. This Columbus team, one of the things Freege did say yesterday is he was like, I'm a little worried about Columbus. Yeah. He started that way with the Babcock thing. Got off to a poor start. You know, it's now Line is kicking the crap out of himself. I tell you what, Yarmo Yarmo probably get an extension. Yarmo should maybe no, be no, concerned. <laughs> he cannot if if it goes ugly for a, a long period of time, the, he will not last. Yeah, no. And don't 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 get fooled that this this whole, this feeling of uh, you know the, the 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 Babcock effect isn't still rippling through that organization. It was it was bad. It was bad, and yep. Yarmo might have been you know spared temporarily, but. It, it could still come back and haunt him if if they don't pick it up. Yeah, it's remarkable to me that he survived that. Yeah, honest. it almost feels like let's just see if they get off to a good start here, yeah. and it, it does feel like there's a real as, as hot seats go. It can't be much hotter than, that, than his seat. That, in that whole franchise. I don't want to bring just up never good. Uh, you know, we we never got a chance because our show started so late. I thought late. about bringing this up. And we I never like, had a chance to even, abs, and I don't want to just rehash the same um, stuff. Ugh. I don't, but. I just want to ask you one question. You should hash it once. Before yeah, let's hash it, baby. <laughs> I want to just ask you guys one question based off of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Why does he, out of all of that, why does he get to resign? Why money, can't money? Money. What money? What money? Well, presumably there was some what sort of negotiated care? settlement there. Why? Why? Why is there a negotiated? Why didn't settlement? Columbus just say beat it? Why? Like, it's a clear violation. The NHLPA called him on that. You're right. And he's in the wrong. Why in the league? And I'll even, like, trickle it back to the Chicago How about Bill Peters situation. resigned, too? Why does everybody get to resign? Why can't no, anybody gonna... be fired with cause? Love it, Kip. Bang on. Totally agree. Why? It's, yep. And it's something I never even really thought of, but yeah. it's true. It's we insane resigned. he didn't get fired. Did a thing so that so what the... we're saying is, yeah... Nobody really did anything officially wrong. Right. Kind of wrong. I'd say it's kind of cowardly, actually. Yeah. Kind of wrong. That's just my only that. question. No, out of, out of, like every time. Why can't we just say, you're wrong. Scram beat it. <laughs> Thank you. Scram beat it. You're yeah. not getting paid. Who's the, the football coach that just lost 80 million bucks in college? Yeah. Like he had $80 million coming. Oh, yeah. Got fired with cause. Yeah. And Gone. Ain't even getting a dime. I know. I forget the guy's name. Anyways, um, it's just like that's that's the only thing. I don't want to. No, it's fine. That's a good point. That's just my point. No, it's um, good. One. Did you guys want to talk about LeBanc? 
San Jose. Well, we got we got a lot of topics in ten minutes. So okay. we got okay. LeBanc, got? Formanton, Pinto. Yeah. So who do we want? Uh, let's just touch a little bit on Ottawa, okay? Because okay. Alex Formington is this really good hockey player that's on the outside looking in. He never got a, a contract back. Uh, part of that 2018 World Junior Team, uh, Canada still being investigated. Mm-hmm. And there's just... Which is insane that that's still going on. But anyway. Status quo was what I heard as the latest. But there are teams... Right now, tomorrow, that want to sign Farmington, that will trade for Farmington and sign them. They will, knowing what's coming. They don't know what's coming, and actually, they would sign him if they just have reassurances that he uh, will come in, play, and then still fall under the umbrella of everyone else because there's other people being investigated currently in the National Hockey League. Who are on that team who and that who team. I think a lot of people are who, aware were involved. Right. And as long Maybe. as I think teams feel like he'll be treated no differently than all the rest of them that are Why still being inv- be? investigated, then let sign him. Play. But is it not a thing where, okay, so you sign this guy, you bring him in, and then isn't this league report going to come out at some point and it's presumed that there was some involvement and I don't know if that's been alleged or what, or, but that seems to be, he's an NHL player. So I am presuming that's why he is not in the league. He's yeah. I, he's, he's a really good player. Yeah. No one has any sense where this thing's going to go. Yeah. Nobody, nobody knows whether it's the London police or, Hockey Canada or the NHL need to go first on on making some type of announcement. Yeah. Otherwise, he can play until someone until the reports out. Exactly. Okay. So it's that one is it's brewing somewhere, you know, with this kid. And again, he's maybe Ottawa will trade him. He signed, I think, in the Swiss League, if I'm not mistaken, but he's got an out at any point. If if someone wants to pull the trigger on a trade for him, okay. So Ottawa could he is, con- play, he is playing in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. Could conceivably trade him. Um, who yeah. knows if, what they could recoup? And the there. other interesting one today was um, Ottawa putting uh, their their tough guy on uh, waivers. Zach McEwen. Zach McEwen's on waivers. Three year which deal. means they're kind of shuffling, opening up a roster spot for somebody. Opening up maybe, and there's a suggestion that uh, they could be really. Close on a deal with Pinto, and it's just a matter of moving money out. I have not been able to verify that or confirm that, but if they're shuffling a little bit here, I got to think that it's not that hard to get Pinto on a deal, guys. It's not. It's just a matter of getting money out. It's not like he's asking for astronomical numbers here. It is crazy to me they haven't made this happen yet. Crazy. And also, we've talked about it, the later it goes with the prorated cap hit, the worse it is for their yeah. salary cap. So they have incentive to I do this. I don't think they have to spend much more than $2.2 million on them. On it's a like short-term a one-year deal, deal. I don't know, deal. man. Just get them playing. Get them in, the, in the arena. Just get them playing. They give them 4.4 over two years and let everything shake out from there. I think everyone's happy. I don't I mean, I can't speak for Mr. Pinto, but. No. The old Pinto bean, I won't speak for is that what they call him? No, I just made that up right now. <laughs> All right. LeBanc? Um, LeBanc. So what the, happened to LeBanc? Let's take this LeBanc one. LeBanc is LeBanc. open. 
Yes. So remember LeBanc had that uh, year in San Jose. He was really good. Where he went to LeBanc? He went, well, no, he was really good. <laughs> he was driving and was owed to money. And the Sharks were up against the cap and they had, you know, all these great players. And so it was never really expressly said, but it seemed like he was given a one-year, $1 million contract at the time. I was on the show with Merrick once upon a time, and the conversation was always that they had a contract in the drawer for him once the cap went up and -and so-and-so's contract expired. Um, He ended up getting some money from them, over $4 million, and hasn't been awesome. He's been healthy scratch the first three games of the year, and then today Saravelli reported that they're going to waive the guy. And then David Quinn was asked, the head coach of the Sharks, and he said, what? Like, I hadn't heard anything about this. So maybe Mike Greer was going to put him on waivers and didn't talk to the coach? No, that would never happen. Okay. Because Quinn's Mike uh, Greer's guy. Right. Okay? And they are... And now they're saying he's not going for, to waivers at all. For, 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 for Greer to do that without letting Quinn know... I don't think would ever happen. Right. He wants to, and Quinn's smart about this. He didn't say, Oh, not true. He says, I haven't heard about it, Mm -hmm. which is a lot different than that's not going to happen. And that's a bad report. And this, right. So I think, I think Quinn and uh, Greer are are good. And, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it, it happens to any one of us where you maybe, just get a bad scoop. I don't know. Does he? Yeah. So Saravelli then reporting that it is being, it's not happening. And he's playing tonight. He's playing tonight. Yeah, he's making, making his season, debut. Making a season if, debut. If he's been healthy, it does seem like he'll be available at half price at the deadline. And uh, that was Sharks Corner. <laughs> <laughs> and the last time we'll talk about the Sharks this year. I was attending San Jose this year. Yeah. Really? Oh, God. Before we get to predictions. They play at 1030 and they rot. Yeah. Like I just, I will tell you right now, I love hockey. I watch hockey every night. I will not watch, except when the Leafs play them. Which and is, then I will not. I, I find it really weird that, like, I'm just used to forever the Sharks being a contending team in the Western Conference. Remember that California Anytime you're road talking trip about the Wall, used to be murderers and the Sharks and the Sharks now it's and a the road Sharks to be murdered. <laughs> it would be. We should have like a tally board in here, and every night, whoever you watch at least ten minutes of, you get to put a tally in there mm. and just see who really gets ignored all this this year because. It's gonna be hard to watch Columbus this year. Yeah, Columbus, like, Leafs, Columbus. I'm in. Yep. Ah, past that, gonna be hard. San Jose, hard team to watch. There's just some teams. Um, Who's your non-Leafs team that you like watching the most? Colorado. I'm Ed, I'm Edmonton. As much as I hate to admit it, I just love. They're good. I love Connor and Leon. In your, I agree with you. By yeah, the way, yeah. in your uh, article, you also mentioned changed my mind. Jets viability in oh, Winnipeg. It was boy. just a passing comment, it's, but they had eleven thousand and change. In yeah, their second and it's game the, of the worst uh, attendance uh, since they came back from Atlanta. Meanwhile, Butchgrass is I'm tweeting Atlanta's coming back. No, it's like, what is I, happening? I think right it's now? a big story. It is a big. story. I think it's a big story. I was I just trying to wave it off. I know. Do you do think it, it is? A big I think story? it's a. I think it's a. It's. How it's can big. it not be? It's one of the seven Canadian no, no. markets. This is game two. Yeah. Off of you just signed Connor Hellebuck. And Mark Shifley. Yeah. But and I mean, it's, it's, I a don't competitive think it's, team for years. Yeah, but come on, guys. I mean, it's, it's tough out there for a lot of people. And I don't think it's a reflection of necessarily just... Passion there. The passion the, is there. Right? Whew. But tickets are expensive. Interest rates are up. Groceries. Gone grocery shopping lately. Ugh. Like, yeah, I, I, am I seeing this correctly? Yeah. Is it double? I know. In a short period of time. How much like, are cold cuts? Where, 
paying bills. How much for two bags of Doritos? Your kids, <laughs> yeah, sorry, your right? We're, we're, we're Jets tickets, you know, in that equation. I just got to say, I love Winnipeg, and I really enjoyed the Jets as a franchise. And so, yeah, let's. let's I love let's, to hate the Jets, which is a no. which is a compliment. Oh, I, I, I can't stand them. Yeah, I can't stand them. I can't stand that whole. Yeah, like, which is why whole, you want them around, of course. Yeah, you know, it's so, a, good, so it's a it's sneaky good rivalry. Get out there. Um, we Jets talked fans. about Austin having great moments, uh, four goals uh, in his opening career game, uh, and then the back-to-back hat tricks. Yep. But memorable, Patrick Laine versus Austin Matthews yep. on a Saturday night. Great games. Up, or, yeah, I think it was a hockey what, night in Canada. The going toe-to-toe. To. It wasn't a Saturday night. What I've told it? this story before, but it was when it was the same night the Jays lost to the then Cleveland Indians in the ALCS. That's how we all remember it, Sam. And I went home that night and I was like, oh, at least the Leafs aren't going to let us st- let let, the, let me down. And it, they blew a 4 nothing lead. Line a, and okay, Line A scored in overtime and I smashed my remote that night. That's when I ca- really cared. I but, smashed the remote. When Sam gets really mad, he hacks a dart in the backyard. No, after. Yeah. I would never hack a dart. <laughs> my mom watches this show, Lorne. I would never <laughs> hack a dart. <laughs> yeah, we don't endorse that no. on the real Kipper and Bourne show. <laughs> all right, just like that. Two hours just gone like that. That show again. Holy 12 God. games on tap. So make sure you got your uh, Sportsnet Plus going. Leafs, uh, no goals against. I didn't want to say the word tonight. For you, Kip, you gonna, is that your prediction? Shut up. Oh, he said it. My Lord. I'm allowed to say anything I want. That's true. Not on the team. Leafs 3-1 win. All right. There you go. All right. All 12 games, they'll go. And so stay busy tonight, and we'll catch you on tomorrow's show to check out what happened break it down enjoy your night everybody